Hello friends and welcome to The Canopy. This podcast is brought to you by your friends at 70 Palms. 70 Palms is the women's ministry at Life Church, Wisconsin. We are glad to have you join us today. In today's conversation, we have Marie Romero and our January 70 Palms speaker, Kareth Mitchell. They are going to have a delightful conversation that you get to sit in on today where they are going to talk about Kara's first trip to Wisconsin and some of her highlights. And then they're going to have a in-depth conversation about fear and the tools to overcome it. So we hope that you enjoyed today's podcast. As always, friends, you are welcome here and we're excited that you are joining us. Sit back, relax, and enjoy. Good evening, Canopy listeners. This is Marie Romero from the 70 Palms team, and I am here with my dear friend, Kareth Mitchell. Um, and we are going to be your star people for the Canopy um, podcast today. Um, we are sitting in our cozy, my cozy little living room here because we are experiencing our first snowmageddon of 2024. Mm-hmm. And Kareth from Texas is getting to experience, <laughs> I think, her first snowmageddon. Yep. Period. Yes. Um, so, Kareth, um, how are you liking Wisconsin so far? Um, I'm <laughs> not sure what to think. There's a lot of snow, uh, which I am not accustomed to. I will tell you, though, my sons are quite jealous because they love the snow and they wish they, too, were here to play in it. And I would have already been asked to do snowball fight and who knows what. But um, it's been interesting. That's for sure. I actually went for a walk today. It was a lot of fun. I had to borrow Marie's boots because I don't own things like a snow boot. I also had to borrow her coat because I have a nice little flannel jacket, basically. Um, But it all worked out. And I had a great walk. Um, I didn't fall. I didn't break my neck. Nothing like that. Uh, No one honked at me or thought I was weird. Maybe. I don't know. But it was fun. (laughs) Perfect. Um, What would you say have been your two favorite experiences in your short time that you've been here and Snowmageddon? Well, I have loved, I don't know if I can boil it down to two. I've loved the conversation with Marie and Donna, Marie's mom. Uh, I've got to say, Marie has quite an impressive collection of tea. (laughs) And so I have enjoyed trying out Marie's fancy teas. Uh, one of them was called Unicorn Sprinkle. I highly recommend it. It was fantastic. So I have, I've enjoyed that immensely. Um, also, Donna took me to downtown Cedarburg. I think I'm saying that right. And mm-hmm. we walked up and down and saw all kinds of fun shops. Um, I had a whole conversation about the Green Bay Packer and Dallas Cowboy game oh. that's coming up. Go oh. Cowboys. Oh, wow. My, ow, my ow, late ow. husband would want me to say that, so Shh. go Cowboys. Okay, tough yeah. crowd. So there you go. But that's what I've loved about Wisconsin so far, in Perfect. a nutshell. Um, Kareth, just tell, um, give a quick introduction about yourself okay. to the um, listeners. All right. Well, um, again, my name is Kareth Mitchell. I am a Texas girl, born and bred. 
Um, I currently live in a little bitty town called Maypearl, Texas, which is south of Dallas by about 30 miles. And I really hate that I have to use Dallas as a reference point, but whatever. We're going to let it go. Uh, we're going to let it go. Um, I have three sons, um, Elijah, Isaiah, and Zechariah. Um, and Elijah is 26. He is married to a wonderful girl named Molly. Mm. They have three beautiful children, um, Esther, Naomi, and Moses. So I am a grandma, but they call me Mops. Nice. They called my late husband Pops, and so we thought Mops would be cute, Mops and Pops. So I'm a Mops. Um, Isaiah is my middle son. Isaiah is a senior editor at the University of Dallas where he's also working on his master's and PhD. And then my youngest son, Zechariah, is a student at the University of Dallas. And I am the women's ministry director at my church in Waxahachie, Texas. And the name of our women's ministry is SWAG, which stands for Serving Women Across Generations. Oh, I love that. Uh, Thank you. I have been a teacher for 30 years. I'm on my 31st year of teaching, and I currently teach honors English and regular English to seventh graders in Maypearl, Texas. Bunch of underachievers is what I hear right there. Just <laughs> underachieving all over the place. Yeah, you know. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> okay, so let's get into it. Um, we, want, we wanted to talk about today. We decided, you know, let's talk about fear. Mm. Fear and the tools to use to overcome fear. Yes. So that's... What when I asked you, well, what do you want to talk about? This was the topic we landed I don't remember on. Remember saying that? No, I did. I did. Okay, it's true. I did. You did. You committed. I have it written I down. I committed. Yes. yes, I did. Okay, so I'm going to dig into the very first question. Mm. What is your first memory of experiencing overwhelming fear? Well, to be honest, I've always been on this a little bit on the side of a fearful person. Um, I can remember going to rodeos. When I was a young girl, I grew up in West Texas, rancher father, and every time the clowns would come out, I would put my hands over my ears because I knew <laughs> they were getting ready to shoot off those stupid fireworks, and I didn't know when it was going to happen, and I hated it. Mm-hmm. I don't like the not knowing, and so that scared me. I'm told that my dad's real deep voice scared me when I was a little girl. I've always been kind of prone to fear, mm-hmm. but it didn't really like hit hard until I had my first child, Elijah. And, uh, I mean, gosh, it's a life-changing event. But I remember just bringing him home, so tiny, seven pounds, four ounces. um, And you hear all these terrible stories about crib death. And, oh, my gosh, and I'd put him in his crib at night, and I would sit there and look at him and think he's going to die in his sleep. I'm convinced (laughs) of it. That's not funny, but... No, it's not funny, but that's what I thought. Yeah. And I was terrified. I, I was terrified because I felt so helpless. There was nothing I could do except sit, and I couldn't sleep at night. Yeah. And I would get mad at my husband. Because he would just go to bed and go to sleep. And I would think, how? and I even told him, when I, how can you just lay down and go to sleep? Mm. And he said, what am I supposed to do? And I said, I don't know, but I don't know how you can sleep. Watch right. him Stare, breathe. What, right, watch yeah. him breathe. And so I can't tell you how many nights I sat up and watched Elijah sleep. And I would hold him in a chair and kind of sit up at two in the morning because I was terrified. And... Realizing that eventually I was going to have to go to sleep. I couldn't watch him nonstop. It was a very scary thing. It was also just a kind of a scary responsibility. I realized even going out for a date, on a date with my husband, like what would happen while I was gone? Mm -hmm. And would the babysitter watch him? And oh, it was an overwhelming feeling. Yeah. 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 
So when we talked about this before, there was a couple things that you were kind of bringing out and talking about. So my question to you now is, what is your take on mankind and its relationship with fear? Well, the thing is that we live in a dangerous, frightening world. I mean, we do. That's the reality. And there's no escaping it. And if you sit and think about all the things that could happen, Mm -hmm. all the things that could go wrong, Mm -hmm. um, all the sickness and disease and the war and the famine and violence, you'll spend all day, every day, terrified. And that is not how God wants us to live. Um, We read in the New Testament, in Timothy that God did not give us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And these fears, these anxieties that we have, uh, do not come from God. Uh, it's healthy to have a fear of the Lord. That's not what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Jesus does not want us to live our lives in fear every day. He says time and time again in Scripture, do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be afraid, for I am your God. I mean, there's so many verses about fear. Mm -hmm. And so I know that fear is something that many, many people struggle with. And really, it's it kind of boils down to our faith. Do we trust God with our children? Do we trust God with our future? Do we trust God with our health? Or do we trust fear? Mm -hmm. Are we putting our faith and trust in something bad that's going to happen? Mm Mm-hmm. Or are we trusting that God will guide and lead us through whatever happens? Because make no mistake about it, we're all going to experience hardship and sickness and heartache this side of eternity. God does not promise to deliver us from those things. Right. But he does promise to walk with us. Yeah. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you are with me. Your mm. rod and your staff, they comfort me. And, and I have found that to be so true. Um, if you watch 70 Palms this evening, you'll hear my story and you'll hear that I lost my husband mm-hmm. to a stage four cancer. But I can tell you that in the midst of that diagnosis, the midst of chemotherapy and radiation and surgery and treatment, that the joy of the Lord was truly our strength. And we did not make cancer the center of our lives. Instead, we made God the center of our lives. And yes, it's a frightening diagnosis, but the Lord is close to you when you go through those times. And I can tell you that he does give you joy and strength in the midst of those. So he doesn't promise to deliver us from it. He doesn't. But he does promise to walk with us through those times. Okay, so then my question is going to be, how do we overcome it? Well, way back when Elijah was first born, I was a relatively new Christian, and I really didn't know my scriptures. I did not grow up in a home where we read the Bible. I don't even know if we had a Bible, to be honest. Mm -hmm. I would occasionally be taken to um, a Methodist church in my very small hometown, And it didn't make much of an impression on me other than I thought everyone there was super old. Um, 
no offense because I'm 57 now, you know, whatever. Um, I was one of those people, I guess, back then. But I, I didn't really go. I went to VBS occasionally. But the, the important thing is I just really didn't know a lot of scripture. And when Elijah was born, we had a wonderful pastor, a wonderful man of God, such a mentor to us. Because Mike and I were both kind of just new to the, to the whole church, Bible, Christian walk. And he came to our house when Elijah was born and I shared with him the fear that I had Mm -hmm. and he shared with me the very first verse that I ever memorized and learned and that is Philippians 4 do not be anxious about anything but in all things with praise and thanksgiving present your request to God and the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus and I had never heard that verse before um, and so I began to pray that verse, and I also began to memorize that verse. Mm-hmm. And it led me to look up more verses about fear. The Bible is filled with verses about not fearing, mm-hmm. and which is great for me yeah. because I needed all the ones I could get. But that was the first verse I memorized. And then I, it led me to Isaiah 41.10. Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my favorite verses of all time. And so I began to write those verses down, memorize those verses, and then pray those verses. Whenever I felt that fear creeping in, this whole what if this happens and what if that happens these racing thoughts I would say that verse and I still do it to this day I, I find myself reciting verses about fear if I'm anxious about something if I'm worried about something um, fear of man will prove to be a snare but whoever trusts in the Lord will be kept safe and you see I, I got a I got a million of them <laughs> can't always tell you where they all come from right. but I got them yeah and the reason why I loved Philippians 4 so much was because almost like a formula and I Mm -hmm. hate to just narrow down the Bible to a formula because I don't believe it's a formula but this verse in particular it says first do not be anxious about anything check about anything it doesn't say it's okay to be anxious about some things it never says that you can worry about work that's right. That's, That's fine. That'd be fine. That one's, that one's, it's that okay gets a pass. It's okay to worry about your kids. Yeah. It's okay to worry if you get a cancer diagnosis. It's okay to worry then. No, yeah. it says do not be anxious about anything. anything. And also it's an imperative. Yeah. It doesn't say if you feel like it or I recommend or I suggest. It says do not. And I'm so, so people are like an imperative. What the heck is she talking about? It's a command. So that's the first thing. Don't be anxious about anything. And then it says, but in all things... Again, we have that totality, all things, with praise and thanksgiving. And I like that because you got a little praise, you got a little thanksgiving. And it's hard to be afraid when you're praising God. It's hard to be afraid when you're thanking God. Present your request to God. So there's the next thing. Don't be anxious. Uh, Praise and thanksgiving. Present your request. Tell God what you're afraid of. Tell God what you're worried about. Tell God that you're afraid your son's going to die in his sleep. Tell God that you're afraid now that your child has started driving. Tell God that you're afraid you won't get the job or you have enough money to make it through the month. Whatever, we are bombarded Mm -hmm. by reasons to be afraid throughout the day. Tell him. Present your request to God. And then the most beautiful part of the verse. 
and the peace of God, Mm -hmm. which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your mind. Jesus tells his disciples, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Let not your hearts be troubled and do not be dismayed. We live in a world that is not peaceful. Yeah. And people are out there searching for how to get that peace. And you're not going to find it in alcohol. And you're not going to find it in substances, drugs. Uh, Your spouse is not always going to give you that peace. Your relationships won't always give you that peace. But God will. And so that's why I love Philippians 4. And I think way back at the beginning of this, you asked me, how did I combat it? Yeah. So let me just go back to that. Okay. Full circle. Got on my soapbox there. (laughs) Um, You read the scripture. Yeah. Memorize scriptures. Memorize scriptures that deal with the issue that you have. Mine was fear. Mine was worry. Mine was anxiety. Memorize those scriptures. Pray those scriptures. Bible says, I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. It's hard for us to hide God's word in our heart if we don't know it. Commit them to memory. And pray those scriptures. And then also a healthy dose of praise and thanksgiving. There's so many things to be thankful for. And too many times we get our eyes and our hearts and our minds set on all the things that are wrong. Begin to thank God for what you do have. Begin to praise Mm. him for what you do have. Praise him because he just deserves praise. Yeah. And when you do those things, when you're not anxious, when you present your request to God, the the peace that guards our hearts and minds will just pour over you. And it's Mm -hmm. a wonderful feeling. So control, trying to control everything doesn't work. What you're telling me. I'm telling you, you can't control everything. As a matter of fact, I can tell you that, uh, you know, my, my son's. They grew up. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Lord. And, and that's the thing. You, any situation, as I said, there's always something around the corner to be afraid of. It's like you're passing these milestones. You think, ooh, got it, made it. Check. Oh, God, here's something else. Mm-hmm. And so they grow up, and then they um, get old enough to walk. And, oh, my gosh, are they going to crack their heads on the coffee table or fall off the you know playground equipment or whatever? And then they navigate that, and they start driving. And, oh, my gosh, what am I going to do? Both of my sons... Um, my older sons were both in some serious car wrecks. Uh, Isaiah flipped on an interstate going 80, as he put it, sideways and upside down. Oh, fun. Yeah. That's exciting. And you find out after the fact and you think, oh my God, oh my God. Yeah. And you realize there was not one thing I could have done to prevent that. Yep. And the Lord rescued him. It was a, it was a miraculous thing. And I'm so grateful but the fact is, I can't control that. Yeah. And too many times we want to control things. And we think that we hold the keys to our safety in our hands. But we do not. Yeah. Yep. Our safety comes from God. And it's out of... And I think that's why, in so many ways, the world is such a frightening place to us. Because there's so many things that are out of our control. Yeah. Well, everything is. <laughs> we only have the illusion of control. Yeah. Yes. Yes. That's a hard lesson to to learn, to keep it learning. It is. It is. And it's a daily thing. It's not yep. something I think that I've gotten better. Um, I'm not going to say that if, you know, my kids got a devastating or some kind of terrible diagnosis tomorrow that there wouldn't be a time when I was afraid. Right. But I've learned that God is ever faithful, that he can be trusted, that he is good. Yeah. 
no matter what. Yeah. And that he has a plan and a purpose. And whatever I walk through, he goes with me. And he walks with me, gives me the courage, the strength that I need. And so there's no point in sitting around thinking about what might happen or what could happen or what would you do if. Because whatever the case, God is going to equip you with what you need for when you need it. Mm -hmm. And if we have what we need for today, there is no point in worrying about tomorrow. Because he has that in his hands. Okay, so getting into the word. Getting Mm -hmm. into the word and memorizing scripture. Mm -hmm. That is... That is our tool. Mm. That is our tool belt. I say so, yes. So what do you recommend to someone who is intimidated or doesn't even know how to start getting into the Word? What is your recommendation? Well, this may sound controversial, but I I don't recommend, if you're new to that, starting at the beginning. I'm a literature teacher, and I love good literature, and I love to read. But typically what happens is this new year starts, And we've got all these resolutions and we're determined that this year is going to be the one that we read the Bible. And so we started Genesis and Genesis is a great story. And there's a, a, there's a lot of drama and good stuff. Um, And we might make it through Genesis and then we might make it through Exodus. And then we get to Leviticus and Numbers and Deuteronomy. And that's kind of where our resolve crumbles. Yeah. And I'm not discounting those books. I actually love those books. But if you're new to this, if it's your first time, they can be intimidating and sometimes boring and hard to understand and get through. So I say, scrap that. Mm -hmm. My advice to someone starting out is start with the Psalms. The Psalms are, for the most part, relatively short. Um, They speak so well to the human condition. They speak to fear. They speak to temptation. They speak to anger. They speak to frustration. They speak to heartbreak. Mm -hmm. They speak to what happens when your friend betrays you. What happens when someone close to you um, betrays you? What you do when you feel that God has forsaken you? We know that on the cross, Jesus quotes the Psalm of David, My God, my God, yeah. why have you forsaken me? Yeah. The Psalms are so human and so accessible. And so my advice is to start with the Psalms. Um, and... Devote five minutes a day to reading the Word. So many times we say we don't have the time, but we always prioritize the things we love. Yeah. And if we are not prioritizing the Scripture, we may need to do a check and decide whether we really love God as much as we say we do or not. Mm. Because there's always a way to work that Word of God into our lives. And five minutes a day... Um, Write the verses down that speak to you. Write a verse down that you think you want to memorize. Um, write a verse down that you that deals with something you're struggling with. Possibly keep a prayer journal. I've kept a prayer journal since 1995. Yikes! Lots of prayer <laughs> journals. But I love looking back at them and reading about all the fears and worries and things that I had in the scripture that God gave me and looking to see these milestones of God's grace, mercy, peace, deliverance, Mm -hmm. and every single one, his goodness is written on every page. It's a great reminder. So start with the Psalms, a a Psalm a day. Okay. All right. Well, Kareth. Yes. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you very much. And for the listeners, I'm going to apologize for my dogs, who you probably might have heard 
tap dancing in the background. They were very excited about They're, the podcast. Oh, my word. But um, overall, just been a joy. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Um, thank you very much for listening to us and my puppies today. Yes. And um, I hope you get a lot out of the tool kit, the tool bag. That's right. Um, the tool belt. Yes. Um, that is the word. Amen. Have a wonderful evening. Yes, have a great evening. Thank you so much. Goodbye. Good night.